one thing that we have a tendency to take for granted is breathing. It's the first thing we do when we wake up. It's the one thing we have to use when we're eating our lunch, even during dinner. And it's the one thing that guides us into our dreams before we start the next day. If there's anything, we should not waste our breath. Welcome to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. Life. You're born into the world, you grow, you mature, you go to college, you start a career and a family. Looks like everything goes as planned. Or does it? episode of the glory in our stories i'm your host calvin wayne pennywell jr uh, the title of this episode is don't waste your breath don't waste your breath um the reason why i thought of this was over the last few months i've been thinking about you know the next step to take in my life um as well as with my wife collectively and you know our careers are shifting in ways that we didn't expect, but we had a general idea of what we wanted to do. You know, as we gotten older, as we evolved, as our marriage matures, we start learning things not just about each other, but about ourselves, things that we probably didn't know, things that we knew and just now choosing to accept the reality of it. And um, and when I mean by reality, I mean God has instilled in all of us a desire to do something, to be something, to be compassionate about people in general, not just people, but the relationships that we have with them. And they are innate desires that have been planted in us that have been a part of our our. Um, characteristic DNA uh, the, the part of us the God has created specifically uh, before we were formed in our mother's wombs before we came into this world God put us together and then he presented us so those desires have always been there when you're young you don't really know what they are you know that they are you don't know why but I think the more mature you become the more in tune you are with what God wants to do through you and what you want to do ultimately, then it's easier to tap into that. And then you're like, wow, that is what I want to do. Um, then again, it may be multi-layered. You can't really put a label on it because 
who who knows where you may be in the next five years. But usually you have a general drive that propels you forward and you start thinking about every step that you take. And one thing that we know for certain, uh, our lives are but a second long in the overall scheme that constitutes our existence and our purpose. I was just thinking about today that I ain't gonna lie, man, if I could go back to uh, life post high school, I would have went to college as soon as I graduated. If I could go back, and I'm not saying this to like in like in full regret mode, but if I could, I'm, I'm if I could go back, I would uh I would have started focusing on my GPA once I got to high school, so that once junior year came around, I could start applying for colleges. I would have tried dating someone local opposed to trying to date someone um, in the Midwest that was over, you know, six or 700 miles away, I would have um, at least tried to boost my confidence to the point where I knew nothing could stop me. In a sense, whereas if I'm pursuing something and the door closes, I just take that as God saying no, and I just go the other direction. But most of us have this fear fear of failure and that fear of failure puts a halt in our progression so anyway i would have either dated someone locally or just focused on my studies and just dated in general not for the sole purpose of having a physical relationship but having fun you know the general idea of having fun so i would have done that i would have gone to college and then applied, depending on where I, I ended up after college. Um, if I ended up, if I didn't end up in a job or a career that I was fond of, I would have started applying for grad school, and I just would have stayed in school until I found something and just branched off into that. And if I wanted to acquire higher education, that was my decision. I could have done that, but that was not my route. Um, I, for those of you who don't know my story, I went to high school, graduated to uh, 2004, told myself I was going to take a break. That break turned into three years, started college in 2007. Um, while I was in college, I worked in retail. I did that for seven years, just as long as I was in college. Then I pursued a, a different path where I ended up working somewhere else for almost seven years. And sometimes I feel like I've wasted my time. And I'm thinking, I said, CJ, you don't have time to waste. Um, but the, the cool thing about that is that God has unlimited amount of patience. Because um, combined, I've worked in two different places for almost 14 years. And that's probably not a long time for most people that have worked in certain places twice as long, if not three times as long. But... I am 36 years old, and at any moment, you know, God could call me home. But the funny thing is, I was like, think about it, man. You've worked in these different places for these ext extended amount of time, but you're still waking up. God is still blessing you with another day, which means he's not done with you. So 
if there's anything you should do, and I'm talking to myself, I said, CJ, if there's anything you should do is don't waste your breath. Don't waste your time. Invest in the things that you want to do, things that you want to accomplish. Invest in your vision, the vision that God gave you. Um, I trust him more than I trust what I see. So if something changes, I know it's because he allowed it for a reason, and I just have to go with it. I'm not going to like it initially because it's not going to be exactly what I want, but I do have to trust them. Um, so I said all that to say this. I don't have time to waste. And there's anything that I need to learn is to I need to not waste my breath. So I recently created a one year plan. It's the first time I ever did this. You know, you hear about your one year plan, your five year plan, your 10 year plan. There's some people that got 20 year plans and they're doing everything to check things off their list. Um, I recently heard from a pastor, Pastor Robert Madu of Social Dallas. I reference him often often because I really love his teaching, the way he, he, he teaches the gospel, and I love his enthusiasm. Um, he said that if you're going to make plans, write your visions and your convictions. Um, your visions and your convictions in ink. And he, he said, write your, what do you say? The thing he said, write your visions and convictions in ink and write your plans in, in pencil. Yes, uh, I, I'm pretty certain I messed that up. But he basically said the things that you know for certain, write that in pen. But things that can change, write it in pencil. That way you can erase it or just write it all in pen and just have some white out, <laughs> uh, which is what I plan to do. But I wrote my one year plan and um, presented it to my wife. And not only did I have a space uh, from for a date, but a space for a signature so I can hold myself accountable. And she said the same thing I thought while I was writing this. She said, I'm pretty certain that probably halfway through this, you're going to have a five year plan. And I said, you're right, because all I can see right now is this one year. I can barely see that. I mean, it's we're not even halfway through January. So but I wanted to make that plan so that the breaths that I take, the moves that I make are geared towards accomplishing those things. Now, I am OK if those I am OK overall if those things change, because that's out of my control. Who's to say whatever? Who's to say that God wants me to do those things specifically? But. It does help for me to continuously move forward. I see the metaphor all the time about somebody holding a flashlight in the dark. And the thing is, when you only have one flashlight, you can either do two things. You can either shine the light on the floor before you or shine the light on what's ahead of you. But you're always going to have a blind spot. If you so if you focus on what's in front of you, you're not going to on what's ahead of you. You're not going to see what's in front of you. And if you focus on what's in front of you, you can't really see what's ahead of you. But what God asks us to do is just take one step at a time and just trust him in the process. So the uh, I used I wanted to use three scripture references in, in relation to um, 
not wasting your breath. And these are scripture references that I thought were very key. And I'm, uh, it's probably not going to be, I'm not sure if it's in the order of the Bible as it should be, uh, starting in Old Testament and getting into the New Testament. But one thing that I did want to start off with was the creation and um, the creation of Adam. This is in Genesis 2, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And then I'm going to move backwards to Genesis 1 right quick um, for, for context. So, let's see. So I said Genesis 2, verse 7. I would have brought my Bible. I had my Bible ready, but I left it at the house. So I'm going to have to use my good old iPhone. Good old iPhone. So, in Genesis 2, 7, it says, let me actually go to the app. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being the reason why i wanted to use that is because our existence started with breath with breathing and not just any breath but the breath of life from god now you break it down into science yes things in the air do help us breathe oxygen breathing in breathing out but the actual breath of life that God has breathed in us doesn't just enter our lungs and exit. It's also our soul, who we, our spirit, is who we were created to be. God created Adam before uh, to be the beginning of mankind, to establish the foundation of who we were created to be. Now, in relation to that, I'm going to go to the scripture as far as to why we were created. And that is Genesis 1, verses 26 through 28. I'm going to go down. Now, at this point, this is when God decides to make mankind. It says, uh, Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28, it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, in, in the image of God. He created them male and female. He created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. It said God blessed them and said to them. So God spoke purpose into mankind. He breathed life into mankind so that we can go forward. That is a perfect example of not wasting your breath. Now, you could arguably say that it might have since the fact that Adam and Eve um, introduced us to sin. And you're thinking, God, why would you allow that to happen? Well, it was the beginning <laughs> of the most beautiful love story ever because God gave us free choice. He gave us free will. 
and what God wants is for anything, if anything, and if there's anything that we want in a relationship is to be desired, not to be tolerated, but to be desired, to be a priority in somebody's life by choice. Nothing feels better than that. Let's just be honest. When it, be, when it comes to affection, nothing feels better than that. Um, so, yeah, God used the breath of life uh, to give life to the creation of man. He also gave him purpose uh, for living. And that's what God does to us before we are formed in our mother's womb. So I'm going to go to the next uh, scripture reference. But before I do that, we're going to take a quick break. And um, Tigas will be right back. Yo, what up, Tigas listeners? I'm just going to take this opportunity to ask you, uh, what is it? And and every time I say stuff like this, I'm always talking to myself. What is it that we're holding on to that's keeping us from what we were destined to possess? What is it that we're allowing to hinder us from growing, from maturing? I recently put a post up saying uh, we're talking about the glow up, G-L-O-W. But what about the grow up, G-R-O-W? What are we doing to mature? What are we doing to become wiser? What are we doing to become more educated? What are we doing to become more uh, brave? Because fear is an uncontrollable emotion. Um, But just like most things in life, it's okay to be somewhere, but it's not okay to stay there. Um, So... Uh, I, I challenge all of us to think about what's holding us back. What can we do to get around it? No, scratch that. What can we do to get through it? Because through that comes pruning. Through that comes evolution of us, who we are. Through that comes everything that was promised to us. Because most of the time, we are the ones that get in our own way. So, I hope that helps. And now, back to the episode. So, welcome back to you guys, listeners. You are listening to your host, Calvin Pennywell Jr., Again, the title of this episode is Don't Waste Your Breath. Don't Waste Your Breath. Uh, I was previously talking about uh, the initial breath given to man so that man can it can exist, so that man can mirror his creator, um, so that man represents God on earth. Um, so I wanted to progress into uh, another excerpt in the Bible that references the power of breath um, and, and how it's important not to waste it. Uh, this next reference is, is in reference to uh, Lazarus. Uh, everyone's, most people are familiar with the, the, the story of Lazarus. Lazarus fell ill 
and uh, he was in the presence of his his sisters and um Lazarus was a really good friend of Jesus and Lazarus fell ill Jesus knew he was ill but Jesus did not come um to where Lazarus was until after he passed but even Jesus said Lazarus will fall into a sleep and he will awaken and to us we're thinking no bro he's dead <laughs> you know that's that's how we see things but with God he exists outside of time so for us what may appear to be forever is is barely even a second to him so I'm going to go ahead and read uh, that reference. Thought I'd give you just a little bit of context. And of course, you can, any biblical reference that I make, uh, you can always go to the Bible to, to read on the, uh, read about what surrounds the scripture so you can get a feel of what actually took place. And I, 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 um, I, I compel people as well as myself to read the Bible to gather uh, the understanding of God's word, the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth um god's word is true every single word uh, the bible doesn't uh believing believe in wasting words hence wasting your breath so i want to go back and and read uh raising um the raising of lazarus in um and in, in john in the book of john um I'm going to go ahead and look this up right quick. Make sure I got that. I should have brought my Bible. This would have been a lot easier. I obviously would have heard the pages turning, but actually this is a lot quicker thanks to technology. Um, let's see. I think I found it. Yeah, so I'm just going to read you this one scripture because it's twofold. Now do you think about it? It's John 11, verse 43 says, When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Now, just to give you some context, Lazarus had been in a tomb. Lazarus had been dead for about a more than three days from my understanding about a couple of days long enough long enough to be like really dead you know what i mean like just imagine you have been buried you were buried on saturday and it's sunday monday tuesday come wednesday jesus says hey calls your name and says come up and you're like it's been like almost a week. <laughs> and um, and at this point, you know, Lazarus family are like, God, Jesus, if you if you would have showed up sooner, my brother wouldn't be dead. Right. But all Jesus had to say was Lazarus come out or in a different translation of the Bible. It says Lazarus come forth. And. If you think about it, if that's the case, Jesus could have called out a couple of more names. And, you know, they would have came out. If Jesus could have said, everybody, come forth. Do you know what type of 
Michael Jackson thriller uh, scary stuff that would have been but man the reason why that's so powerful is because Jesus said Lazarus Lazarus come out Jesus is speaking and it happens he doesn't have to use his hands he doesn't have to use any resources for Jesus is the word the living word Jesus is the light Jesus is the truth so what he speaks has life in it life given essence right so not only is Jesus using his breath to bring Lazarus to life he's breathing life into Lazarus so that Lazarus can breathe again and Jesus just said he is asleep and if just imagine your pastor that's conducting the funeral saying such and such is asleep and will awaken and everybody's like um no <laughs> but the breath and the air that Jesus used he did not waste it he didn't waste it because he said one name and one name alone and it was Lazarus he didn't waste his breath on Lazarus Lazarus situation is very important because it was just enough to remind us that it's never too late with God. God has the last say so. No matter what the doctor says, no matter what the test results say, if God has something else in mind, that's going to take place. So I wanted to use that as another example of not wasting your breath, not just the breath that Jesus spoke, but the breath that was um, placed back into Lazarus so he could live. Uh, this last reference, and then I'm going to mention something that we're, we've all, most of us have been familiar with over the last week or so. And this last reference is the fall of Jericho. Most of us are familiar with that. You know, the men walked around the, the, the city of Jericho for uh, seven times using trumpets. And eventually they were instructed to shout so that the walls would fall. So this was in reference into uh, the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua. Um, Joshua 6 verse 20. Joshua 6 verse 20. And again, read around it for context. I'm just doing this to save time. So it says in Joshua chapter six, verse 20, when the trumpets sounded, the army shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in and they took the city. So. It said that the men shouted. Their shouts were so powerful that they tore down walls. Now, if you think about the shout of a stadium, right? 
where everyone, if not the majority, is on the side of the home team. You can only imagine how loud that will get. Reverberating off the walls. And in unisons, high pitch to low pitch. Everyone shouting. I can fully understand why, why it would distract an athlete. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of shouting. But there was not just the power of the voice, the heaviness of the breath, but the power that was behind it, the power that was given to them. And that's what God does. He doesn't just breathe things into existence. He gives it purpose. He transfers his power, creating us a creating us to be conduits, to channel, to be vessels. We do not possess the power. We can contain it, but we can't create it. And the power of breathing, the power of of being able to be awoken to probably one of the most dangerous days of your life, but having the ability to process it and to make it through, that is beyond us. It's beyond us. And um, the ability for God to use something so soft, something so what we view to be ordinary says a lot because once we stop breathing that's that's it as far as our existence here on earth so i just wanted to use biblical references to shed light on the importance of your breath and how it should not be wasted recently um, on December 31st, last year, 2021, uh, we lost someone that was very dear to a multitude of audiences um, who most of us refer to as a golden girl, uh, Betty White. Betty White passed two weeks away from her 100th, 100th birthday. And from what I understand, she was still sharp as a tack. Oh, man, her, she never lost a sense of humor. And her comedic timing was just, even during this time of her life, still good. I'm not even going to list her accomplishments. I mean, goodness, it is, it's, it would take a, probably a lifetime to uh, collect all that information and to watch everything that she's done. But one of my favorite contributions that she has done to television is the Golden Girls. Rose. <laughs> oh my goodness. She, Betty, Wright, Betty White, is a great example of not wasting your breath using every ounce for activism to speak for those who can't speak for themselves 
just being a light and being a conduit to help people enjoy life despite everything that comes our way. I think Betty White is a good example of not wasting your breath because she ran out of it on December 31st. But she used every bit of it since birth. And I think that's admirable. Um, of course, we recently lost Sidney Portier, um, a black pioneer when it came to, um, to acting. He paved the way for so many actors. One in particular that I can think about is Denzel Washington. His role in A Raisin in the Sun. I watched that movie for the first time for a college course, African-American literature course in college. We were reading the play, but we got the opportunity to watch it. And it's, it's a powerful movie, powerful movie. But I can only imagine what type of seeds he planted along his life that compelled so many young artists to do the same but put their own spin on it. So shout out to uh, Betty White's and Sidney Poitier's um, legacy. So much respect, much respect. So again, don't waste your breath. Make sure that the steps that you take are getting you closer to your accomplishments. And don't be scared. Well, don't be too scared to move when things change, when things shift. Because one thing that we've learned from Jesus uh, being in the boat with the disciples when the storm was present was that Jesus was there. And if Jesus was calm enough to sleep, that means he already knew that things were under control. Whether you think he's asleep or not, he is present. Always remember that. And remember that if God wakes you up and you get an opportunity to breathe again, that means he's not done with you. That means you have things to do. You have a gospel to share. Whether you are working in the kitchen of a famous restaurant or whether you are working as an educator in a very uh, underprivileged community, you are sharing the gospel simply by being who God created you to be. You are breathing. And as everyone says, as long as you are breathing, you have purpose. So use it. Use every breath. I hope you all have a wonderful day. Enjoy your week. Stay safe. This is Calvin Wayne Pennywell Jr. on the glory in our stories during this episode titled Don't Waste Your Breath. Yo, T-Goss listeners, thank you so much for listening. Tune in next time for the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories.